Let's talk about Saul Hudson. Saul. <laughs> Makes him sound like an old Jewish guy, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Saul, Saul, get in here. Which that's pastrami on rye. Saul, yeah. give me I a pastrami a, on rye. I can't do a. What is this, accent. velvet? what do you know (laughs) all right you ready i am ready welcome to the greatest list podcast a show about music and lists this season your hosts jason and eric are counting down the top 25 guitar solos of the 80s and the top 25 guitar solos of the 90s Think your favorite made the list? Tune in and find out. Take it away, boys. Welcome back to Season 2 of Greatest Lists, a music and talk podcast featuring lists of the greatest songs of all time. I am Jason, your host for this episode, and joining me, as always, my co-host Eric. How are you, man? What's going on? I just came in from outside, and uh, yeah, I think it's rain. (laughs) (laughs) Feeling a little cloudy out there. A little cloudy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are inching so close to the pinnacle of the first half of Season 2 and our top 25 guitar solos from the 90s. Uh, So apparently listening to podcasts on YouTube is now a thing, Eric. Mm. So, hey, we decided to make our own channel. Interesting. So you can listen. You can listen. You can listen, (laughs) and uh, you can watch little wavy lines go up and down if you'd like over there on YouTube. Just search for at greatest lists and uh, subscribe over there if you like. I don't know. We might throw some other videos up there at some point uh, that you actually see our faces, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, let's get into it, man. Top three. We are up to number three on the top 25 guitar solos of the 90s. Song from the 1991 album Use Your Illusion One. At number three, it's November Rain by Guns N' Roses. Behind the music. Our spotlight today is on guitarist from jolly old England named Saul Hudson. Who? Yeah. <laughs> we all know him as Slash. Slash moved to L.A. when he was about five years old. His parents were both active in Hollywood, and he sometimes accompanied his mother to work. That's where he... Uh, Occasionally met several film and music stars. Uh, one of them was actor Seymour Castle, and he gave Slash his nickname because he was, quote, always in a hurry, zipping around from one thing to another, unquote. So, uh, busy kid. Busy. <laughs> he's, uh, instead of the Flash, he got he's, Slash. He's, he's the Slash. <laughs> hey, here's a fun fact Slash was a champion BMX racer in his early years. I did not know that before uh, doing a little background here, but he decided to put the bike aside and devote himself to playing guitar, practicing up to 12 hours a day. Uh, At age 14, he decided to form a band with his friend Steven Adler, of course, Guns N' Roses' first drummer. Mm -hmm. Adler was playing guitar, and Slash started playing bass. But after the band never materialized, he switched to guitar. Uh, influenced by his school teacher, who played him Cream and Led Zeppelin, I wish I had that kind of a school yeah, teacher. No kidding. Uh, he started taking lessons 
with his flamenco guitar. <laughs> I can't see him playing a flamenco. I can't see him playing. Yeah, you know, you see the top hat and you're like, no, he's not playing the flamenco. So he joined his first band called uh, Titus Sloan in 1981 at age 16. In 83, he formed the band Road Crew, again with his friend Steven Adler, who by then had learned to play the drums. He placed an advertisement in a newspaper looking for a bassist and received a response from Duff McKagan. Duff. They uh, additioned a number of singers, but Slash disbanded the group the following year due to them not being able to find a singer. He, along with Adler, then joined a local band known as Hollywood Rose, which featured singer Axel Rose and guitarist Izzy Stradlin. Mm -hmm. Following his time with Hollywood Rose, Slash played in a band called Black Sheep and then unsuccessfully auditioned for Poison. I can't see that either. Uh, I can't see that that either. I just can't see that. Uh, Then in June 1985, Slash was asked by Axl Rose and Izzy to join their new band, Guns N' Roses, along with Duff McKagan and Steven Adler. And we'll leave the rest of this history lesson on hold because I bet we'll be talking about some GNR in our 80s list. Oh, yeah. There's a little backstory of how Guns N' Roses came about. Outside of Guns N' Roses, Slash's best-known collaboration is probably with Michael Jackson. He played on the single Given to Me from Dangerous and the song DS from the History uh, album. He also joined Michael Jackson on several occasions on stage, most notably at the 1995 MTV Video Music Awards, playing on Black or White. I do remember watching that. That yeah, was I do too. Pretty cool. Uh, in 1994, a year before that, Slash formed Slash's Snake Pit, and a, it's a little side project, and featured his uh, Guns N' Roses bandmates Matt Sorm and Gilby Clark on drums and rhythm guitar, respectively, as well as Allison Chain's Mike Inez on bass and Jellyfish's Eric Dover on vocals. The band were later regrouped in 1999 with new members and released another album. Uh, in 2002, Slash reunited with Duff McKagan and Matt Sorm for a Randy Castillo tribute concert. And realizing they had some chemistry still, They decided to form a new band together. Dave Kushner, who had previously played with McKagan in Loaded, joined the band on rhythm guitar, and for many months, the four searched for a lead singer by listening to offered demo tapes, and there was also a monotonous process documented by VH1. (laughs) Eventually, former Stone Temple Pilots vocalist Scott Weiland joined the band, and they were called Velvet Revolver. Oh, they have some great songs. They do. Uh, Slash owns more than 100 guitars, worth an estimated $1.29 million. Uh, he prefers the Gibson Les Paul, of course, which he has called the best all-around guitar for me. Uh, Gibson has credited him and, who we talked about previously, Zach Wild, mm-hmm. with bringing the Les Paul back into the mainstream yep. in the late 80s. His main studio guitar is a 59 Gibson Les Paul standard replica which he came to own during the recording sessions for Guns N' Roses' debut album, Appetite for Destruction. He used that guitar on every subsequent album he recorded with GNR and Velvet Revolver. And for many years, his main live guitar was an 88 Gibson Les Paul standard. Mm-hmm. Let's get personal. 
Okay, so when I think about November Rain, you have to think about the music video. I mean, it was just so epic at the time. It's a nine-minute short film, really. It really Axel. is. <laughs> Axel gets married. Axel gets widowed. You all know the rest. Of course, Slash's guitar solo at the church in the middle of nowhere. No hat, cigarette hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> leather chaps, a leather jacket with no shirt. I mean, nobody else can pull that off. But no. It was so big. In fact, I remember how big a deal it was when MTV, each year they would do a top 100 music videos of all time. And it was maybe a year or two after November Rain was released. They put it at the top of the list. And dethroning Thriller, for which was, you know, the kind of quintessential wow. number one. Uh, long time, you know, the top of that list. But I remember that being such a huge deal that uh, they put November Rain at number one above Thriller on that list. And it, it was probably knocked off the next year. I don't remember. But, <laughs> but just the magnitude of that music video and them putting it number one all time just shortly after it was, you know, released maybe a year or two was just pretty epic. But wow, that, I didn't know that. When I hear that song, it's just, I automatically go to the music video now. Right. You know? Right. What about you? I, I and I'll, I'll say this: I'm I like Guns N' Roses. Uh, Appetite for Destruction, of course, is a is a masterpiece, and we'll probably talk about that in a later uh, episode. But I didn't really get into the Use Your Illusion era too much. I I was watching MTV, so I got into the songs there. Right. But I've I've never owned the albums. I've just owned like cassette singles and stuff like that. Oh, really? What they released. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, I, we I started listening to Guns N' Roses in high school when that first when Appetite first came out and wore that out completely. Um, even into college. Um, when these two albums came out, I was a senior in college. I was working at Camelot Music at the mall. I had just started like <laughs> Nice. I had just started like a week before. Um, and when it came in, uh, we you know we had a stock before the store opened if we were opening, and I happened to open that day and um, like the first two copies I pull out of one and two I took straight to the front of their building and started <laughs> playing them over the you know over the speakers in the store and played it all day long I wouldn't let anybody change it out <laughs> nice. um, and I wasn't supposed to have a, um, a employee discount. For 30 days and like I said I'd only been there for a week but I didn't know I had to wait 30 days and so one of the other employees sold me both of those on the first day for for my employee for, for their discount yeah. nice yeah. nice um not I mean I don't like all the songs on it but I, I was pleasantly pleasantly surprised by the by the double album that they put out yeah um, but yeah I yeah I remember that day of it coming out and just I pulled one copy out of each to take to the front of the building to play, and I pulled out one copy of each to hide for me so I could, so I could buy it myself. <laughs> because we did sell out of it. I mean, it, it went. I mean, the, every every copy that was left sold out that day. That's how big, yeah. that's how yeah. big those two albums were because people had been waiting for so long. So, uh, so yeah, that's my history with them. Yeah, and then when Chinese Democracy came out, oh, nobody no. cared. <laughs> That sounded like a that album sounded like a uh, a bad Guns N' Roses cover like band. That. 
20 years in the making or 15, <laughs> whatever it was. Yeah, Instead nobody cared about that Instead of taking another 20 because that was horrible. Yeah, shove it, Axel. We don't <laughs> care. <laughs> you know? <laughs> nice. I mean, I've gone back and listened to the albums, yeah. but I just, they uh, are not ones that I've put in my collection, surprisingly. I, I, <laughs> Even uh, though I'm picking this song, you know. I don't think I've had them. <laughs> I don't think I've had them since the CDs since I bought that, but yeah, I, I bought those immediately. The breakdown. All right. So this uh, solo <laughs> starts at four minutes and 11 seconds in, into the song and he plays for about a full minute. Yeah. I just really like his style. He's so melodic. All those note bends that he uses. Yeah, that's the, and... that's the best. I think is the best part of that solo is that right there. It's um, so melodic. And like we've mentioned before, I, I wrote it down again because I can sing along to his solos. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter which song it is. I can sing along to him and, you know, you're doing something right when you can do that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I like how he powers back in into the, the solo for about another 30 seconds after you get uh, uh, Axel coming back in with the piano for just a few, uh, just really a 20 or 30 seconds. Right. And then he powers it back in, and then the end solo, too, might be more iconic with that pattern that he plays and yeah. Axel vocalizing over top of it with the orchestra in the background. Oh, my God. Just so epic. <laughs> funny funny thing is, uh, I don't know if I've mentioned it on this show before, but I've seen the band called Cybertronic Spree. Oh, which yeah. Which is this band dressed in full Transformers costumes. And they use the tail end of this song, comboed with one of the Transformers soundtrack songs. And it marries like perfectly. The female vocalist in the band, RC, she is just wailing on it. And they're playing that, you know, that riff from Slash. Yeah. It gives you goosebumps, man. It doesn't matter who's playing it. If you play it well. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, just... Oh gosh, Axel <laughs> going from the you know one end of the piano to the other playing yeah. those, and uh, oh man, it's just the the end of the song. I think it, in his solo there is right. just as epic as you know him in front of the uh, the church in the middle of nowhere in the right. video that you know the middle. But I do I do remember when I first started playing this at the store that day. I didn't like the fact that his guitar sound, that the, his guitar sound changed from Appetite to this album. It, the, just the overall sound he had changed. Mm -hmm. I didn't really like it until I hit this song on Use Your Illusion One, and he played the solo. I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's still there. It's That's still the there. sound right there. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it's gosh, it is so long. I mean. I think about the only time I listen to it now is when I'm in the mood to watch the entire music video along with it. When you have a half an hour to spare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cause I don't usually, I mean, it's, it's, it's a masterpiece in my opinion. That's why I got it at number three. Right. But wow, it's just so long and it's, it's a journey. Yeah. It really is. And it's so like a, you're, it's like a Lord of the Rings movie. Shut up, Axel. Get to the solo, <laughs> you know, I feel like I do that sometimes and <laughs> just skip to the solos, you know, at the, at the middle and at the end. But, uh, the, the second half of the song, mainly I'll let play out, but yeah, it's, um, uh, it's a, it's a bit long. <laughs> yeah. But that solo, I mean, 
that makes up for how long that song is. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, so, gosh, I mean, I mean that 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 like you said that that really that first part of that solo where that just the the bends and the legato playing it's just so. I mean, it's just it's beautiful, is what it is. Yeah, and, uh, I, mean, I mean, they were pretty much instant rock icons oh, when yeah. Appetite came out, but this song in particular just vaulted him miles higher. Yeah, it, it, the end of the, if you remember, so they, they, you know, you got the whole like movie set up there with the wedding and the funeral and mm-hmm. all that in between, but they, you also have like a, a concert going on in the music video and he jumps up on top of Axel's piano and I, I love the way Slash plays. He do, It's not the traditional where the guitar is, you know, perpendicular. He yeah. plays it like straight up. Mm-hmm. I, I don't hardly ever see him play it in a different way or, or he puts it on one leg, you know, and he's just picking straight up on that thing. It's so epic the way he plays. Well, he, and, keeps it, he, he keeps it really slung down really low, too. So he has to slouch a little bit. And he gets that rock star mm-hmm. uh, stance to play it. It's yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's just I mean, even if he couldn't play, he would look cool. He's the <laughs> coolest looking guy in rock and roll. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. All right. Well, there it is. Number three on our top 25 guitar solos of the 90s from the man slash. So as far as bonus songs go, there is some low-hanging fruit here from GNR. Songs like Don't Cry. I like Don't Cry. And there's a pretty good solo in that. But I'm going to play the biggest hit from Slash's Snake Pit. It's called Beggars and Hangers On. Mm. I'm not sure if you've ever listened to I it. I have. It's a great song. The solo is more mellow. Yep. But the outro solo is where it's at on the song. A really interesting song. I don't I haven't listened to much Snake Pit over the years, but this one I know, and it's it's a great song. I'm also going to jump outside of the '90s just because I can't help myself here. So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna dip our toes into the 2000s here for a minute. Oh my gosh! Stone Temple Pilots is one of my favorite all-time bands, and I have to play "Fall to Pieces" by Velvet Revolver. Oh, good choice. From 2004. Yeah. Slash's solo in that, and uh, and the other one. What's the, oh crap, that just skipped my mind. There's basically two singles from that first album that he's got some great solo work, but Fall to Pieces, I just love the song and his yeah, solo in that is is really epic. So stay tuned to hear those bonus songs in their entirety for you Spotify premium listeners. Otherwise, use those song whip links in the show notes. We'll take you to other places where you can connect with the songs in your favorite music app. If you'd like the show, please subscribe, leave us a rating in your favorite podcast app and, uh, you know, find us over there. Leave us a comment on, uh, this episode, any episode really on Twitter at greatest lists. And you can also stream episodes over there on greatestlistspodcast.com. on the web. Eric will be back for our number two, number two, number two. We are almost there. People. Thanks for listening to Greatest Lists, and we will continue the top 25 guitar solos of the 90s next time. You've been listening to The Greatest Lists.